Tennessee just sounds perfect. Whether that's live music, the crack of a campfire, or kids laughing on an adventure. To start planning your trip, visit tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong. Radiant. Timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Ridiculous History is a production of iHeartRadio. This is going to be an obnoxious beginning. Cheerio. Hello. Welcome to Ridiculous Historians. I'm not going to do that voice the whole time. Hi, I'm Ben. Hi, I'm Noel. Chim Chim Cheru to you as well, my friend. Yes, yes. Uh, and there's our, there's our super producer, Casey Pegram, who is tolerating these terrible accents. Chim Chim Cheri to thee. Chim Chim fellows. <laughs> Thank you. I was, uh, you know, over the weekend, guys, I rewatched Mary Poppins for the first time in a long time. It was research, though, right? I mean, like, come on. Yeah, it was. And there was a lot of stuff. There were a lot of plot points in there that I kind of missed mm-hmm. when I was watching it as a child. And one of the things that I missed is they kind of, uh, well, I'll say it, they kind of glamorize chimney sweeps, don't they? They sure do. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Um, They occasionally slip into interdimensional animated realms and kick it with penguins and dressed up as waiters. And what what even is his relationship with Mary Poppins? Are they like lovers? Are they just pals? Is palling around? They have a, you know, the entire film brims with this sort of will they, won't they? And there's there's a past with Bert, the chimney sweep. I watched one. Bert. Yeah, played by uh, Dick Van Dyke, legend in his time. Uh, There's a past between Bert and Mary Poppins. We're not sure what it is, but there's definitely uh, a deep, a deep vein of affection between them. And sexual tension, if I might add. Yeah, that's the will they, won't they that I'm Mm -hmm. talking about, right? Or will they, won't they again in front Mm -hmm. of these kids? I think there's also a strong implication that Bert the Chimney Sweep is imbued with some sort of magical power similar to that of uh, Mary Poppins. Yeah, yeah. Like if she's a cosmic superhero power level, he's like street level superhero. He's sort of the daredevil to her Captain Marvel, which which is cool. you don't see a lot of nitty-gritty chimney work on Bert's part. Uh, 
but it, you kind of assume it goes on in the background, like the construction background you can hear in today's episode. <laughs> that was a great segue, Ben. And like you said, we're just going to power through it today. Such is uh, the nature of recording uh, under quarantine. Uh, but no, it's true. I, I don't think you see him. I don't think a single chimney is swept in the whole of that film. He's just kind of goofing off with the kids. Like, how's he making a living? Yeah, it must be his his off season, uh, or maybe he is occupied with some of the other social duties of chimney sweeps, which have nothing to do with chimneys at all. This was a weird thing for us folks. Uh, we didn't know this, or I didn't know this, but apparently it's good luck to see a chimney sweep on your wedding day, mm -hmm. and it's also good luck to shake their hands or have them kiss you and it's also good luck to just like lay hands upon a chimney sweep early in the morning this is this is weird they have this uh this sort of folkloric association with good luck yeah I mean, it's, it, most of that's laid out in the delightful song chim chimney chim chimney chim chim cheree i don't know if that's exactly the official title but you know he says the sweep is as lucky as lucky can be good luck will rub off when i shake hands with you i guess the implication is the luck is the soot I don't know. It's interesting. But like I said, Dick Van Dyke's character in that movie definitely seems to be a low-tier superhero. And there's there's other little kind of spins on this tradition. Um, at one point, it was actually customary for the town's chimney sweep to carry a pig around through the streets on New Year's Day. Pigs are also uh, a, a harbinger of good luck, especially in Asian countries, if I'm not mistaken, man. Yeah, the issue here is that this was a terrible terrible celebration for the pig because people paid the chimney sweep a small sum, a tuppence or whatever, and the chimney sweep would then allow them to make a wish while pulling a hair from the pig. So this is a terrible New Year's Day for the poor pig. Ugh, yikes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, and like you said, Bert, Dick Van Dyke's character in Chim Chim Cheree, he makes several references musically to these long-standing traditions but where did they come from that's that's what we're looking at today there are a couple of different legends and maybe noel casey at the end we can ask ourselves which seems most likely but you know uh no harm no foul if we if we can't definitively you know, nail down the correct answer. Just as long as we get through this without Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. the Quister, showing up, uh, then I think we're in a good spot because you know that he will do all of Mary Poppins. He will just do all of it. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't imagine. I cringe at the thought. But let's, it's true. Today we have a, a regular old history mystery on our hands. So let's, let's, let's do the thing where we kind of weigh the possibilities. And then at the end, uh, we'll, we'll kind of maybe decide which one we think is the best. Um, so in 1066, King William of Britain was supposedly rescued by uh, a sweep who um, actually pushed him out of the way of an oncoming carriage. Superhero move. I'm exactly. Um, and so the king, believing that, you know, obviously the rescuing of the king in and of itself is like an act of good luck that should have tendrils that extend into, you know, the rest of society, because um, he, after all, is like, you know, a god on earth. Um, he believed that the chimney sweep brought him luck, and he um, invited the sweep to his daughter's wedding on this, the day of his daughter's wedding. 
Mm-hmm. And if it's good enough for the king, then it's good enough for you, right, folks? That's why ever since, according to this theory, it's been considered to be tremendously good luck to have a chimney sweep at your wedding or really any special event or have them visit your house, not just to clean the chimney, but to sort of um, a phrase I'll make up now, chimney bless you. Uh, in addition, I just want to add that for a long time as a kid, I thought the word I was pronouncing the word chimney and no one corrected me. Well, there's actually a song by the band The Decemberists called The Chimbley Sweep. Yes. So I don't think you were alone in that. And I think it maybe is uh, perhaps a, uh, what's the word, a a colloquialism kind of way of pronouncing it. Yeah, Chimbley is a legitimate sort of uh, dialectical variation of chimney. But I didn't even have the B. I just thought it was chimney. Mm -hmm. No one said anything. But anyway, mispronunciations, dialects aside... Uh, no, the weirdest part about this is that in this theory, it said that the king was so taken by having his life saved that not only did he have this guy at his wedding, but he said, you know what? Not just you. Hashtag yes, all sweeps, all chimney sweeps are lucky. Uh, and if you're a chimney sweep, you can only wear a top hat and nothing else. <laughs> I think they wore clothes as well. Yeah. Sackcloth. Or maybe the strategically place top hat they didn't say it was on their head well i have a question for you ben if if all these chimney sweeps are doing all these wedding gigs who's sweeping the dang chimneys well they're they're probably sweeping them like when they get to the wedding right and then they make a little stop in Mm -hmm. so they have that nice soot yeah they they had kind of a uniform they wore these top hats um which was actually like sort of like a special dispensation like from the king because top hats previously had been reserved for royalty and landed gentry, right? Then in another twist of superstition, um, the sweeps were uh, thought to be luckier if they wore 13 buttons on their jacket. 13 being a lucky number? I always thought 13 was an unlucky number. 13 is an unlucky number in Western culture, which is maybe... Maybe if we're speculating, it's sort of the the good luck power of the sweep canceling out the bad luck power of 13, right? Maybe. But the legend has it that a sweep can cancel out any bad luck in general. So, like, if you're strolling down the streets of merry old England, you walk under a ladder or a black cat crosses your path and you're the superstitious sort, your next move immediately is to go to a chimney sweep and say, like, hey, can I give you some money to—, to Rub you, I guess, or to pull a hair from your pig if it's New Year's Day. That's legend <laughs> one. Ben, um, not to get too off track, but I'm sure you know this being a cat person, but did you know that a lot of like black cats are abused and at the very least not adopted as frequently as other cats because of that superstition? Yes, it's terrible. It's it really terrible is. Thing. Yeah. But as we continue to peel back the onions or, or scrape away the soot of this legend, we find another another theory, uh, and it, yet again, it has some of the same tropes. A chimney sweep saves the life of a king, but this time it's George II or George III. People aren't sure. Yeah, um, it was said that during like a royal parade, a procession, a, a hound bit the legs of the king's horse. So he gave him a little nip and the horse got spooked as horses do. And then out of nowhere, this chimney sweep emerges from the crowd uh, and and soothes the animal. Um, And then 
vanishes as quickly as he uh, appeared. Less sexy of a story than pushing the king out of the path of a runaway carriage, I would argue. But still, you know, it's a very similar trope of like the mysterious sweep just appears, saves the day, and then vanishes into the you know crowd. Mm-hmm. And hey, it may have been his dog too. That might be why he vanished. Oh, <laughs> so, that's a good point. So this one has a little bit more of um, a motivation for the king, I think, because it, there's a great Atlas Obscura article about this, the many possible reasons British people hire chimney sweeps for their weddings. According to some speculation, because the king was not able to identify this individual sweep personally, he said, Ugh, forget it, you know, I'm busy ruling, so just every sweep is lucky. Go, go forth through the land. Every sweep shall be the luckiest of the trades. Indeed. Uh, is an act of benevolence or laziness? That's for history to decide. If it even happened. True. Also a very good point. So in this article, we've got the account from one Liz Leister about the research she put into this. And she says, my study has found no written royal decree to give us the true facts. And there's some confusion as to which King George to credit. So the story with the horse, she says, happened sometime between 1730 and 1740. So that would be King George II, 1727 to 1760. But the top hat came around in the 1770s. So she understands why people think it might have been King George III. Interesting. That's a, that's a good clue right there, I would say. Um, all right. Legend three, the falling chimney sweep. Ooh, this is good. This is a, um, what do they call it in rom-coms? This is a meat cute. Love a, I love a meat cute, Ben. I love a good meat cute. What happened? What happened? Late on us. Yeah. So a, uh, a chimney sweep um, in the execution of his uh, sweeply duties um, lost his balance and, and took a tumble uh, from a gutter. And then a woman inside the house that he was sweeping saw him and pulled him inside the safety. So he, I guess, like was like dangling or something. And then mm-hmm. she opened a window and like gave him a helping hand and pulled him in. And um, it was love at first sight. The two fell in love and, and were married, uh, you know, according to this legend, instantly. Um, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Uh, but that's where uh, the idea of having a chimney sweep at your wedding um, and giving him a little peck on the cheek uh, or, to the, you know, for the bride is considered a sign of a good omen, you know, uh, fortuitous things to come. Mm-hmm. And that one comes to us from our very own how Stuff Works, uh, which we can't recommend enough. Uh, so shout out to the author, Deborah Ronka. Why is it good luck to shake a chimney sweep's hand? Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? 
Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool. I, yeah, I, I just remember it was my dad's. I, I was a hand me down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car, and I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something. You know, I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonneville's. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. Totally. But it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. This is the thing. Before we go to the other theories, I just want to ask, doesn't it seem strange that a job, and I'm not going to be like micro dirty jobs about it, but doesn't it seem strange that it becomes good luck to physically engage with someone who, you know, has a lot of dirt and soot on them? It's, it's odd. And maybe the counterintuitiveness is part of why the legend stuck around. I don't know. It is odd, Ben. And um, I'll tell you another quick aside story that's also odd. Are you familiar with uh, the European Christmas character, mm-hmm. uh, Black Peter? I already know. Yeah, yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, and folks that aren't uh, as familiar, um, he essentially is sort of like considered in, in, in Santa Claus mythology to be like a demon that Santa Claus has tamed. And he sort of acts as like a hand servant or whatever to Santa Claus. Uh, but he uh, is traditionally considered 
to be a Moor from Spain, so a, a, a black um, person uh, from of Spanish descent, um, and is often portrayed by uh, white people wearing blackface and bright mm. red lipstick and this kind of little jester's outfit. And it's, you know, been a tradition in Europe for, for many, many years. Um, and it's, you know, obviously become very problematic, um, especially in the last, you know, decade or so. Um, if not, I mean, obviously it's been problematic mm. longer than that. But there's a... Um, sort of a petition or maybe like an, a petition to make an alternative version of this character called soot smudge Pete, um, which I guess it doesn't really fix it justifies the blackface or implies that it's something else. But then I looked into the, cause I, I only bring this up because I mm. heard this uh, on NPR the other day about soot smudge Pete. And so I assumed maybe that uh, black Pete was always supposed to kind of, that was sort of always the thing and people were just getting bent out of shape, but that's not the case. Um, but I thought maybe he was like, you know, essentially Santa Claus's chimney sweep, like on hand that would like go ahead of him in the chimneys and clean it out. So Santa wouldn't get his like, you know, nice white shiny duds all smudgy, mm-hmm. but that's just me thinking creatively, I guess. Oh uh, yeah. Like where your head's at. Yeah. Zvarte Pete is the, it's how people would know it in Dutch, right? Uh, That's right. This this guy, first off, the people dressing up this way look just as Al Jolson and offensive as you might think. Oh, it's bad. Yeah, but the uh, there there is an interesting intersection possibly with chimneys because you can link this to the Nordic uh, the Nordic idea of the wild hunt of Odin. Think about it. Another very powerful old white guy is flying through the air on the wild hunt. Uh, he's accompanied by his white horse, Sleep Near, but he's also accompanied by two ravens, Hugin and Munin. I think that's thought and memory. Somebody check me on that. Nice. And they would, they would listen at the chimneys of homes they visited to tell Odin essentially who was naughty and who was nice, who was behaving well and who was behaving poorly. And... Tvarte Pete may be doing some of the same things. So I don't think that's off base at all. I do think that proposed solution of what was it? Smudge? Soot face? Soot, soot smudge Pete. Yeah. Uh, I don't it, know if that it, fixes it. Oh, I don't think it does either. And, and last thing before we move on with chimney sweeps, um, Svarte Pete is also of a uh, a longstanding German tradition of Santa Claus having some sort of like boogeyman that mm-hmm. accompanies him that like will basically punish the bad children. Uh, and it's something to strike fear into the hearts of children to make sure they behave so they make sure they're on the nice list. Mm-hmm. What's well, a, a Krampus? That's Krampus the one I'm of. or Belschnickel is another mm-hmm. one you might remember from the episode of The Office where uh, Dwight portrays Belschnickel and he'll like whip you with reeds if you're <laughs> if you're a bad little boy or girl. And now we see more explanations. So I like that we're building in a mythological aspect here because a lot of, obviously, I think a lot of people know this now, but quite a few, quite a few modern traditions that seem somewhat inexplicable do descend from ancient mythology and ancient folkloric beliefs. Uh, Back in 1951, an historian named Philip Brown came up with another idea about chimney sweeps and good luck and weddings uh, and he went he went deep first off he went through all the three legends we discussed and their variations and he didn't like them 
Uh, so he said it might have something to do with, or he had a couple of, uh, he had a couple of pitches. He said it might have something to do with ancient Roman associations between get this soot and fertility, because he points out Vulcan, the god of the fire and the forge, the blacksmith god, was married to Venus, the goddess of love. And there was also that tradition of sweeping out the fireplace on New Year's Day for good luck. I applaud him. You know what? If I was his professor, A plus for thinking outside of the flu. There we go. That's a part of a chimney. But here's the thing. Um, all of this sounds very mystical and whimsical. And to see old Bert and Mary Poppins dancing around, you know, with the uh, animated penguins, you'd think that the chimney sweep's life was charmed, especially with all this talk of luck and, mm. and all of that. But uh, the actual life of a chimney sweep, um, as you can hear in the lyrics to that um, that December song I mentioned earlier, w was actually pretty bleak. I'll give you a quick reading. Um, I am a chimney sweep, a chimney sweep. No bed to lie, no shoes to hold my feet. Upon the rooftops in dead of night, you'll hear me cry. I'll shake you from your sleep. To hear me weep, your day will come indeed, for I am a poor and a wretched boy. A chimbly, chimbly sweep. I am an orphan, an orphan boy. I've known no love. I've seen no mother's joy. A dirty doorstep, my cradle laid. My fortune's made. I'll shake you from your sleep. Yikes. Sounds pretty bleak. It sounds to me as though like the, the job of a chimney sweep was like the bottom of the barrel, dirtiest job that only the lowliest of the low could, atta could attain. Um, and it was they were lucky to have any kind of employment at all. It was sort of like a step up from being on the streets. Yeah, bottom of the fireplace indeed. I do also want to point out whenever somebody says bottom of the totem pole, if you want to be one of those actual people at parties, those actually people, uh, you should point out that the the individuals identified on the bottom of the totem pole are the most important. It's actually the ones on the top that are the newest and least important. That was a good actually, Ben. That was good actually. But uh, this, this is true. Life is terrible for many chimney sweeps, especially beginning in the late 1600s. That's when, that's when people, due to the Great Fire of London, which destroyed so many ancient buildings, People started building newer buildings with skinnier chimneys, and adult sweeps began hiring children, often orphans, young boys, to scuttle up inside the chimneys to clean them. And these kids had to work off, the, like some of them had families, and they were just trying to supplement their family's income. But then orphans or abandoned children came under the care of something called the Poor Law, which is as callous as you might imagine it. But most of them were put into the care of employers who said, you know, I'll give you room and board, a crust of bread and a corner in the, in the barn if you work like a dog for me, work like a turnspit dog. Mm -hmm. or, or a turnspit boy, you'll mm -hmm. recall. Yeah, and I, I, like, I want to emphasize this. We're talking kids, we're talking children as young as four years old are forced into having a job with someone who may not necessarily care about them. You know what I mean? They're just like, you are another tool that I use. Yes, utterly expendable. Um, because they were the perfect size to kind of, like you said, um, shimmy their way up into these super tight, dangerous, and uh, toxic, 
you know, brick chimneys um, and sweep them out. They would have to just literally kind of, like I said, shimmy up there using their bare knees and elbows and hands. And uh, they would often be, you know, stripped raw. Um, and God only knows what kind of infections you could get in that situation. I mean, just gross stuff. And they would, you know, inevitably become covered in calluses and, and scabs, and they'd be inhaling all of these toxic chemicals and smoke and dust. And God, it just sounds like an absolute nightmarish situation. Um, these uh, exposure to these conditions would cause irreparable lung damage, like black lung disease. Um, and, you know, this sounds so horrible and callous to say, but it's just absolutely true. The smaller you were, the better. Um, you would be considered a much more desirable chimney sweep if you were very, very young or very, very small. Yeah. And by the time you reached the age of 10, you were washed up as far as this profession was concerned. Another uh, extra tidbit of terribleness, some kids got stuck in chimneys, or some got frightened of climbing up inside these dark things uh, because they're children, right? And there's a lot of, not hard proof, but there's a lot of anecdotal evidence that their bosses, whomever the Fagans were to these Oliver Twists, might light a fire underneath the kids to... Uh, incentivize them to climb out of the chimney. The sides of chimneys also are very unhealthy places. And many of these kids ended up with, as you said, no respiratory disease, also burns and irritation, or the first occupational cancer ever diagnosed in history, chimney sweeps cancer. It's a type of scrotal tumor. Oh, that sounds like what it is, I imagine, yeah. Mm-hmm, exactly. Chimney sweeps cancer is, is a euphemism at best. Wanted to mention one last thing. I should have mentioned it when we were talking about the size requirements. Uh, this was often leaned into by the, you know, sweep masters or whatever you want to call them. Um, and the kids were often underfed with the intention of, of like stunting their growth or just keeping them skinny enough that they could get up in those chimneys. Mm-hmm. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Noel, do you remember your favorite car? Well, yeah, um, it was a uh, an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Oh, that's and cool, I, yeah. I, I just remember, it was my dad's. I, I was a hand-me-down car kind of kid. Dad would buy a new car, I'd get that car. And I just remember feeling so awesome being up above everybody, like I was mm. in Mad Max or something, you know? I had a lot of uh, land yachts that I loved. I had Pontiac, yeah. Bonnevilles. Right. Oh, I never had an El Camino. My dad had one. And that was a, that was a real interesting use of our collective time, keeping that thing running. But I think these cars all kind of speak to us because they were such a fundamental part of our lives. Do you remember when I had that Monte Carlo? That's what I meant. I, meant, I said El Camino <laughs> and I met Monte Carlo. I miss it. So uh, the Monte Carlo was tough. I had a series of Monte Carlos and the last one, God bless it. I just, I, 
I had to learn a lot about car maintenance just to keep that guy running. But totally. it, it still was like a, a perfect fit. It's almost like finding your true love. Uh, you know, like when you recently got a car a few years back now, Oh, man. And funny you should say that. That particular perfect fit was the Honda Fit, which I love dearly. But, Ben, it's getting a little long in the tooth. And while it's been incredibly reliable up to now, it's getting to that age where I might have to start looking for some parts here and there to keep it running. Mm -hmm. And that's where eBay Motors comes in. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, roof racks, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. So keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire. With the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers... Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So this is terrible, you might be saying. Ben, Noel, Casey, why did you trick me into hearing about the horrors of child labor? Well, uh, because it's important, but also because there is a, a bit of a happy ending. This is not the case with the chimney sweeping industry today. Back in the 1800s, the UK Parliament passed a number of restrictions on child labor, but they didn't really start enforcing them until the night, like, 1890s or so, uh, they in the 1830s, Parliament started caring about the exploitation of child labor in general, and that's why that's part of why the Chimney Sweeps Act passed in 1834. Here's what they did: they said, "Look, if a kid is under 10, you can't be sticking them up chimneys, and if they're under the age of 14, they can't be climbing up the chimneys." Yeah, you would think that the law that was in place earlier that was uh, so horrible um, for these kids called the poor law would have been one that was like benefiting the poor, like to, you know, give them some protection, but not the case. But at least here we're starting to inch into some modicum of like protection for at least the smallest child. How How is it organized now, Ben? Like, how is it structured in terms of like, you know, was it still this level of indentured servitude or was it more like I'm going to apprentice under a, a chimney sweep at 14 and become, you know, a professional sweep? Well, it, has, it probably varied on a case by case basis, you know, because this is still a, this is still a means of livelihood for a lot of kids who are abandoned or orphans. So it really depends on the approach and attitude of whomever their mentor is or their, their sponsor, right? Uh, this clearly still didn't quite cut the mustard, didn't quite 
clean the chimney for Parliament. So in 1840, there was a revised Chimney Sweeps Act that said, okay, okay, JK, everybody, calm down. We're raising the minimum age of apprenticeship to 16. And then, of course, this was also ignored because these laws, we have to be super transparent about this. These laws were affecting the poor, which meant that it was, it was on the establishment to enforce these laws. Didn't happen. Is what I'm saying. Children under 10 were still being uh, made to climb up chimneys, their health be damned, until, uh, until, weirdly enough, a novel comes out in 1863. That's right. Uh, the delightfully named The Water Babies, which is a novel by Charles Kingsley. Um, and it, you know, among other things, chronicled the uh, absolute um, abysmal treatment that children were seeing in this type of job. And that is through the eyes of the novel's uh, protagonist, Tom, who is a, a child chimney sweep. And that's, this, is a, this is a great example of the power of literature, like things like The Jungle by Upton Sinclair, you know, pointing out to horrible conditions in meatpacking industry. Um, and it's something where when enough people hear about it through literature, even if it's fiction, if it represents something real, it is the kind of thing that will cause a groundswell of support and can actually change laws. So, I mean, that's, you know, I, I think that's... That's really an amazing testament to the power of art um, and literature. So Parliament did respond, um, and they uh, created something called the Chimney Sweepers Regulation Act. Um, and it meant well, but didn't do a whole hell of a lot. Right. Yeah, you read my mind, because I was I was looking back at this as well with, um, with Upton Sinclair's The Jungle, which is a, a fantastic book. Even though it's written in 1906, I, I think the message is impactful and it's well worth reading today. I have not at this point read The Water Babies, uh, but if you have Ridiculous Historians, let us know if it's if it's worth the read. Uh, as you said, Noel, this does impact legislation and this legislation actually gets enforced. Today, however, your local chimney sweep may well appear at weddings as a side hustle because this concept of the lucky sweep survived uh, all the all the real world legislation and all the real world concerns you can see lucky chimney sweeps in mary poppins of course but you can also see a lucky chimney sweep in ulysses by james joyce which i enjoyed very much uh, but it's it's a book that is some work to read. Yeah, that, that one's kind of got the stream of consciousness kind of vibe to it, right? Most of, most of Joyce does after that period. Uh, it's still once you get into it, it has these these beautiful moments. There's one moment where, and this is not really a spoiler because of the way it's written. There's one moment where these two guys are pretty inebriated and they're like standing with their backs to each other and they're peeing outside of some horrible adventure and it's like one of the most beautifully <laughs> written scenes ever about who you are and where you are in the universe anyway yeah 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 you're right though stream of consciousness can make him sort of inaccessible but there's a minor character in ulysses who talks about invoking soot's luck which is clearly joyce's reference to uh to this chimney sweep luck. And then Prince Philip, uh, at right like on the morning of his wedding in 1947 to Queen Elizabeth, now Queen Elizabeth, he walked outside and like found a chimney sweep and shook his hand. Since he was the prince, I imagine they set him up with one in advance, right? 
Do you watch that show, The Queen, on Netflix, Ben? I do not. Do you mean the the? I'm sorry, The Crown. The, the Crown, Crown is what it's called. The Crown. Excuse me. No, yes. but I, I love the uh, I love the actors in it. I do too. the The casting is bonkers. And uh, in, in, the, in the new season, I think they've kind of caught up more to like you know the era of of that monarchy that maybe we grew up remembering, like with Princess Di and um, uh, Charles and all of that stuff, and Camilla and all that. Um, but I, it makes me want to check it out. Uh, and I got to wonder, like, if in the dramatization of Queen Elizabeth's marriage to Prince Philip, they have this chimney sweep moment. Um, write in. Let us know. And right now, if you are getting if you are getting married in the UK, I don't know how common this is in the US, but if you're getting married in the UK for about a hundred pounds, you can have a chimney sweep show up to your wedding. They'll shake hands, they'll kiss the bride or the groom, or you know, the partners, whomever's getting married. It's 2020. They'll take photos and then they'll like they'll spread. <laughs> They'll spread what's described as uh, sooty cheer, and chimney sweeps love this. They're not forced to do it. It makes for a solid side hustle in the summer because, like we said at the top, uh, chimney sweeping is somewhat seasonal, and summer is the slow time for them. So Liz Leister and her husband, the folks you mentioned earlier, they say they do about one wedding a week from April through September. So that's like a regular part of their business. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's funny, Ben, you know, obviously in the United States, we have chimneys aplenty, but I don't really ever think of the chimney sweep as being like a singular profession. It mm. seems to be like it would be something uh, wrapped into another type of like, you know, all service kind of workman scenario. Mm -hmm. um, but maybe I'm wrong there, but I did look up modern chimney sweeps in the UK and obviously they don't wear the old top hat and 13 button coat anymore. Um, they're, you know, much like you would think of someone who would, you know, get on a roof and, um, replace shingles or like, you know, gutters and things like that, uh, more looking like construction type workers. But they do have these specialized tools, these very long brushes. I'm sure that's improved over time as well. Um, but yeah, very much still alive and well as a profession. Got to wonder though, Ben, when they go to the weddings, do they think they wear like more of an old timey thing? Is that in some ways sort of, I don't know, not poking fun at the profession. They obviously choose to take the gig and everything, but how, how do you feel about that? Knowing the history of it and knowing how troubling some of this legacy is. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a good question. I wouldn't fault the chimney sweeps for participating in that tradition. It's, it's a good gig and it's not them condoning child labor. No, uh, of course not. And, and definitely it's, you know, it's an airbrushed version or a clean swept version. I'm killing it with these today. A clean swept version of history for them to, uh, you know, to dress this way, but we also have to consider for a lot of these chimney sweeps, they're trying to differentiate themselves from the other folks that could be hired for a wedding. So they want kind of a memorable costume. Some are even giving away bags of genuine soot, which is weird. Uh, they'll even do a little bit of theatrical stuff. They'll work with a wedding party to make it seem like, oh, I'm a chimney sweep. I just happened to be here. Congratulations on your wedding. Uh, we do have chimney sweeps, uh, of course, in the U.S. Uh, they don't maybe have quite the same place in society traditionally, but that's because of one of my favorite old sayings. In Europe, 200 miles is a long way. In the U.S., 200 years is a long time. There were just more chimney sweeps around for a longer time. And speaking of time, 
It is time for us to depart. Uh, As you know, we're in a challenging economic era, so I am looking for a side gig. Uh, Maybe, I don't know, maybe chimney sweeping. It feels like it feels like it would be unethical, Noel, for me to be a chimney sweep who just appears at weddings. I feel like I have to actually do the chimney stuff. You know what I mean? Oh, totally. Yeah, Ben, it, it does make me question, like, are these really chimney sweeps like who are doing this like for their profession doing a side gig or they do a little soft shoe at a wedding like i, I it, just, it just strikes me as very uh disparate uh skill sets if you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah yeah so if you are a chimney sweep write in and let us know do you also do weddings what other special events do you do we would love to hear from you you can find us all over the internet we're on facebook we're on twitter we're on uh instagram that's the one uh we are not on uh chimneygram yet but we'll have to we'll have to get we'll have to get an account started there you can also find us as individuals Boy, can you ever. You can find me on Instagram exclusively uh, where I am at how now Noel Brown. I like to post memes and, you know, pictures. I got a new cat, Ben. Did I tell you about Karomi? You did. Yes, you did. Yeah. Well, you can see pictures of my and my daughter, mainly my daughter's new cat. She's a sweet tuxedo, two-year-old adult cat that we adopted. And she's uh, taken to my house like uh, like gangbusters and really happy to have her. I'm exclusively indoor this time. I think I've mentioned I've, I've had indoor-outdoor cats in the past and never again. And she's not too much of a meower. Really enjoying her. What about you, Ben? Where can folks see pictures of your amazing felines? First, congratulations, Noel, to you and your daughter. Thank uh, you. And, and to your cat, your new family member. Uh, you can find me, folks, on Twitter, where I'm at Ben Bullen, HSW. I'm currently, let's see, this morning I was asking people uh, what kind of awards they would receive if we had a post-pandemic quarantine awards ceremony, which I think we should call the quarries. Oh, that's good, Ben. (laughs) Thank you, man. You can also find me on Instagram, at Ben Bullen, just keeping it simple, hide in plain sight. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Casey Pegram, live and in full effect. Uh, Let's all make sure, uh, the three of us and and those of us listening, to, uh, to give chimney sweeps the respect they deserve when we see them. I think personally it'd be weird to walk up to someone while they're at their job and be like, hey, can I touch you or kiss you? That seems like an HR nightmare waiting to happen. Can I pull a tuft of hair from your pig? (laughs) From your pig? Yeah, right. Oh, man. But thanks as always, of course, to some of the hardest working people in podcasts, not just Noel Brown, not just Casey Pegram, but also Alex Williams, who composed this uh, banging track that you heard at the top and you're about to hear at the end. And congrats to Alex Williams on his new, uh, new to him anyway, eight-track Tascam multi-track tape recorder. If all the nerds out there know what I'm talking about, it's a big deal. Mm-hmm. Did you get that one from Lauren? No, he got he ordered one on eBay, and it's like the same, a same, very close to the same model I used to have growing up um, when I was uh, getting into multi-track recording. But his does eight tracks, meaning you can record eight separate things on separate, you know, mm-hmm. in, individual tracks that you can then mix. Mine only did four, um, so fifteen-year-old uh, Noel is super jealous of, of modern-day Alex. And big thanks, of course, to Jonathan Strickland, a.k.a. The Quizster, who I am sure is doing a British accent somehow related to chimney sweeping right now, just on his own. 
He's that kind of dude. Uh, thanks also to Eve's Jeffco and to Christopher Hasiotis. And to double down on thanking Chris, he has been uh, Johnny on the spot lately, sending us really cool ideas in our company um, group chat situation. So you might see some of those on upcoming episodes. Um, what else do we have? I don't think this is about it. In the meantime, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can do so on Facebook, where you can find our group, Ridiculous Historians, to share historical memes and just, you know, pal around with your fellow Ridiculous Historians. It's a lot of fun, really good group of folks there. Uh, and you can get into that by just naming one or two or three of us, um, and you're in. Hey, that's all we got. That's it. Chim Chim Cheri. Chim Chim Cheri to you, Ben, and to you and yours, Ridiculous Historians. We'll see you next time. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode of Ridiculous History is brought to you by Avalon Waterways. Ben, are you in major need of a vacation right now? Noel, you're a mind reader. I am, and uh, aren't we all? We are. While cruising remains popular, there's something big happening in the industry, and that is, my friend, smaller ships. True story. The intimate ships of Avalon waterways can go where the big ships can only dream, through winding passageways of rolling vineyards and castled hills into the heart of timeless cities and storybook villages. That sounds like a delight. See how Avalon's smaller ships promise greater discoveries, fewer people, and more of everything. Limited time. Special offers await at AvalonWaterways.com. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com.